We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side, Sports Talk, with sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. And everyone, you're listening to our WNCT on your side podcast. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell, joined alongside sports director Brian Bailey. Nolan Knight has the day off. And we have a special guest today, Jason Boyd, our digital content producer slash web manager, who, believe it or not, has a background in sports. So first of all, Jason, welcome. Thank you, thank you. So the reason um, we are doing this, we're switching it up a little bit on the podcast. We're going to try and move forward with having a guest as much as possible. So I wanted to bring Jason in. And instead of running through each specific team, which we are going to do later, I want to talk about sports media and our each specific jobs, because I do find it interesting. I know some of the viewers that do listen are a little bit younger and have interest, um, have reached out with interest in different fields, not knowing all of the different aspects that you can get into with sports. So I do want to start with Jason. You had a background. It's in sports journalism, correct? That's right. So let's just talk. Right now, you are web manager. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? Did you start? in sports or was it more so? Yeah, I, I went to East Carolina University and I worked at uh, a local newspaper, the Washington Daily News, uh, while I was going to East Carolina. Uh, I felt that was better to get hands-on experience than it would be to go to University of North Carolina and try to fight to get in the door. So I uh, picked up a lot of experience from that, worked at places like the, the Daily Reflector and some of the newspapers around the area. And from there, uh, I guess maybe 20-some-odd years later, I ended up at the Sporting News, which is a major sports news gathering organization that recently had moved from St. Louis to Charlotte. And I covered everything from NASCAR to soccer to baseball and such. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of got me into the the nuances of doing everything from sports to news to weather and such. And so I've done that in a couple of areas, and now I'm here doing the same thing. So uh, sports has changed a lot. I think Coach Houston was saying a little bit earlier during his um, – a national signing day on Wednesday about how you used to wait by a fax machine and you know wait to hear from uh, players and such. Now everything's digital. You do it on Twitter. It's back in the Bailey days. <laughs> exactly. no, back in my days, Fred Flintstone had to put it on a tablet. They didn't. Moses put it on like, a tablet. Yeah. How about signing that? day is much bigger now yeah, so than it was. Gosh, a few years ago when I well, signed, well, it, it was changed a lot because, as Coach was saying, you know, the coaches would come to the actual signing, mm-hmm. and there are stories back in the, you know, I first started in '84. There were stories in the late '70s that I remember coaches talking about where where there would be three or four different coaches, you know, at a, a recruit's house the oh night before yeah. and spending the night. There are coaches that spent the night in front of the kid's house to make sure he was the first <laughs> one it. in there the next morning. Yeah. I mean, there's just great stories like that. And then, you know, we went to the faxes after a while. And, and now I think everything's digitally signed through email and different things mm-hmm. like that. So it's 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 changed. You know, it used to be more along the lines of you know you knew you were going to sign a certain amount, but you had three or four or five that you know you weren't sure what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And but now kids will you know announce early and and stay with their their announcement for the most part. And so yeah, it's it's it, everything's changed, but recruiting certainly has. These announcements also have turned into something so big. It's almost it kind of reminds me of gender reveals. How people are being so crazy with their how they're doing it now mm-hmm. that these kids are, <laughs> it's not just the simple hat switch where you put on a hat and you're like, surprise. It's, I feel like they're so much bigger nowadays versus when I signed a oh God, a, while, a few years ago, I guess it was. Did you do a, a deal like that? Did you? 
I signed, but it was not so much where am I deciding. Most of my friends already knew where I was going, and it was just kind of you take pictures with your family and your yeah. coaches. You wear your gear for the day. I went to a private school, so we had um, uniforms, and it was a big deal to be able to wear your my Virginia Tech stuff that day. So yeah. that was fun. It was a little different in that aspect. So And now kids can do TikToks. They can do yeah. their own social media videos and stuff, reveals and things like that. I mean, it's quite remarkable. You don't rely on the athletic departments anymore to kind of break the mm-hmm. news. The kids do it, and the athletic departments really kind of have to keep up with, you know, that type of news. So. My 14-year-old brother has created some of these TikToks where I'm like, how the heck did you learn how to do this? It looks like stuff that the NBA would create. Mm-hmm. So... I remember, I won't say the guy's name, and Jason probably remembers the story, but we had a kid from Greenville Rose that was was going to decide between Tennessee, North Carolina, and East Carolina, mm-hmm. and we all thought it was going to go to East Carolina, so it was my bright idea to bring him on the set Uh-oh. and let him make the announcement <laughs> on the set, and little did I know that he'd pull out the light blue hat, and, 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 and nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, because we're in Eastern North right. Carolina, but when you're in Greenville, North Carolina, and you're official yeah. station of the Pirates, and... And you bring a kid on, it was, you know. Hyping everyone up. It was a bad look as far as that went, but he he had a good career. So So backtracking a little bit back to the sports jobs within the media. I know Bailey and I were talking yesterday. Both of us have had, I guess Jason as well, have had outlets of news that we began with. Um, So you, did you begin, Bailey, right with sports or did you come in as it No, when I I got here in 84, we only had a weekend sports cast. We didn't have a full-time second person. So I was the number two person in 84, so it was my job to do news Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, and Friday nights, obviously, in football season, I got to do high school football. But then Saturday, I would anchor the sports cast. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't have a newscast at all on Sundays. Oh, wow. So Sundays and Mondays were my days off. And, uh, you know, and I, I treasured the time that I got to do sports, and that was up until uh, the spring of 86 when our sports director moved on and they promoted me to that position, so. Okay. And, but uh, yeah, it's the one thing I tell you know uh, college students all the time when I speak in classes is is you you gotta try to learn everything you possibly can, you know starting out even yeah. even when you're you're fifty five sixty years old I'm fifty eight but you're still trying to learn things every day because you know fifteen years ago the web was an, you know, wasn't even thought of <laughs> and and it, at first when yeah, we started doing stuff. web stories it was like. Do all your work for, for Channel 9, do all your work on TV, and then slap whatever you've got on the web. Now it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, if something happens, it needs to go on the web first. Mm-hmm. And if it's a breaking story, it needs to go on Twitter first or, or you know, on the web first. And it's all, the whole thing's just, you know, turned upside down. Although I think TV stations have handled the changes a lot better than maybe newspapers have. Yeah. yeah. Because newspapers are really struggling. And one of the reasons is because, you know, it's so, so outdated. I mm-hmm. mean... You, know, you can wake up in the morning, pick, get your phone out, and and get up on the headlines and everything, and and you're up to date with that newspaper. You know. It, yeah. Have you heard from any of your buddies that you used to work with? Are they transitioning at all towards? I, th- I think media? a lot of people are transitioning towards that, and and like Bailey was saying, you you don't really go in anymore wanting to do a radio broadcasting career because right. you can do a podcast. Anybody can do a podcast. Right. You don't go into. Uh, video careers because you can go on the web and do videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Writing is for every a- aspect. So you tell these uh, students and these people who are trying to get into the business to ch- kind of you know incorporate everything because you're going to use everything in some aspect. Now I think a lot of people like that. Like Brian was saying, newspapers I think were dragged kicking and screaming mm-hmm. into the the digital age because they really were 
um, you know, one or one A compared to television and right. you know, radio and such. You know, Brian's right. You pick up a newspaper now, the, the headlines are printed at 930 at night. And, you know, somebody who uh, maybe was with a team has been traded to another team and you don't know yep. that till the next day. <laughs> so you have to tell everybody to kind of um, incorporate everything into it. And I think a lot of people who were in newspapers or, you know, directly in radio and such, they're branching out and trying to get into other venues, doing podcasting and doing, you know, directed videos and TikToks and stuff because you've got to be well-versed in all those areas. And that's yeah, that's one thing you try to tell the kids now is, you know, don't just go in thinking you're going to have a, a radio broadcast career because – you know, 10 years from now, who knows? Radio <laughs> might not be around. You never know. So. Well, it's so interesting, too. You brought up the writing aspect. When I was in college, I remember thinking I was a journalism major, and I was like, I absolutely hate writing. I don't like sitting down. I don't like writing these How long you be a journalism pages. major and Well, then, here, here's the deal. So they you would got hit uh, <laughs> one too many times about lacrosse stick, didn't you? I did not like writing, sitting down, and writing papers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely dreaded that aspect of my college career. But then once I got into the more of the journalism with broadcast, it was much more enjoyable, especially with sports, being able to write with sports and write for what you're going to say on air was so much more easy to do. But I didn't realize all of that until I was going through that writing is such a big part of it. And I've grown to fall in love with it and just be able to change everything through whether broadcast or if it's going to be a web article. So I think that is really cool well even nowadays you can take your phone out you can mm-hmm. voice cast everything you know copy paste it email it to yourself and you've basically written it while you're driving or whatever it is that you're doing you don't have to physically sit there with your thumbs and type up something or your fingers and type yeah, up I something yeah i still gotta learn how to do that one and just speak <laughs> yeah that's above my pay grade too but that's that's a great idea um, okay, so this was, I just wanted to kind of have a general conversation in the beginning of our podcast to talk about just different outlets, because obviously I do a lot with news as well, and I think that's a misconception that it is hard to get a sports job right out of college. So a lot of people do the news route. You did the news part, sports. Well, well the problem with, with sports jobs is that, you know, all the TV stations in the country, you know, most of them, not all of them even have sports anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, most of them have a sports department, and those departments are either, you know, hopefully there are at least two. Sometimes they're two and a half, hybrids, you know, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, your bigger stations have, you know, it's funny, your bigger stations may have more people in sports, and they may have less time to, to put the sports right. together, because, I mean, less time <laughs> on the newscast. So it's kind of, they're just, jobs are so hard to come by. And, and you know, when you start and you finally, and you get one, you know, you, you really, I mean, seriously, people say all the time, you know, you still enjoy what you do. I say, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else I would want to do, yeah. but it, it's just one of those things because I know how lucky I've been to get a chance to do this for all these years. And, and they're just, the jobs are hard to come by. I mean, yeah, I liked having this conversation too, because I feel like with each one of us, there's a different aspect of the sports and the media. So like the print and the digital you're a typical broadcast, and I'm kind of like a hybrid of both where I'm a digital sports reporter where I'm pushing the web content, but I'm also able to do broadcast, and I do new stuff with Feel Good Friday and Friday Night Christmas Lights and doing a lot of that aspect of things. So it's definitely getting my feet wet with all of this uh, fun broadcast stuff. And you even have meteorologists that do stories when they're yeah. not doing the weather and such, and so you have to be um, multiversal and such. You, you have to be able to have that um, that diversity you know, when it comes to covering things and stuff. And, and news isn't really what it used to be, I think, in a sense, because uh, you used to have political uh, commentators who only knew that aspect of right. it. You had people who only knew the business aspect mm-hmm. of things. And I think the, uh, the colleges are doing a better job of uh, incorporating the, um, the students into knowing a lot 
more stuff. So when they come in, they are, I think, better prepared. But you're right, Brian, in that getting a sports-specific job or a weather-specific job, it can be uh, a lot tougher because people are staying in their jobs longer. The coronavirus has kind of mm-hmm. you know, prevented people from uh, retiring and such. And so it makes it for a, uh, a tougher uh, world out there. Sure. So, guys, talking about some local sports, the ECU Pirates, Joe Dooling, the guys are 5-0 and for the first time since the 2012-2013 season under Jeff Lebo. What an incredible start of the season they've had. They start conference play today at SMU down in Dallas, Texas. What do you think so far? Well, I, I think it's pretty much what we thought we would see as far as, as what Joe's been able to accomplish. His team last year, you know, he would just he just put it together in his second year and, and they were they were devastated mm-hmm. by injuries early on last year and, and they never really got off the you know, off the snide as far as that goes. This year, you know, the first thing I said was I saw him playing Charlotte and, and they came walking on the court and I was like, Well, I know him, I know him, I know him. But we haven't been <laughs> able to say bad. lately. I mean yeah. usually it's like, you know, one guy you know and four guys are brand new. So mm-hmm. knowing the entire team was back has helped. Uh, Tremont Robinson White playing the, the point uh, as an experienced player. He was hurt last year to start mm-hmm. the year. So, you know, I think that's helped a lot. Uh, you know, we don't have any visions of grandeur. They're going to be ranked in the top 25 this year. But we do think that they can be very competitive in the Amer- – the Americans a tough basketball conference. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe would tell you that, you know, he's more equipped this year than, he, than he's been in his, you know, two previous two years – as having a team that can compete with teams in the American. Now, we don't know how many wins that's going to translate into. They're 12-point underdogs tonight against SMU, right. and SMU is one of the better teams in the American. So I think that uh, you know fans just have to continue to be patient. And the thing about it is they're off to a 5-0 start, and you're thinking, hey, it would be great to go to a basketball game. Right. And you really can't go. Yeah. <laughs> I went the other day, and, and it's just yeah, so sad in. over there. It's yeah. just And it's sad everywhere, really. Yeah. I'm tired of watching games where there's nobody in the stands. I right. mean, I enjoy the games themselves, but the you know, I never really thought about how big the fans were. But I guess I knew it in the back of my mind, like you know, first thing you think of if Duke's playing at home mm-hmm. is Cameron Indoor Stadium, mm-hmm. Cameron Crazies. You know, you, you think of even even you know, North Carolina and the cheese and wine crowd is what they're referred to as, but they still <laughs> raise some, some cane over there sometimes in the yeah. Smith Center and they make some noise and and you know, and and state when state's got it going, I mean it's fun. The crowds, you know, the fans need to be back. And yeah. I guess hopefully we're moving closer and closer to that. But it's it's really something. Getting there. We've got the vaccine in North Carolina. So hopefully next yeah, I got step a feeling is... we're way down the list as far as the <laughs> importance of people. Athletes to, get the to the top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> so the top two scores in the American Conference will collide tonight. Jaden Gardner and junior Kendrick Davis for SMU. Um, through four games, Davis averaged 21.3 points. Gardner, on the other hand, has averaged 20.2 points. So a slight difference there, but they will compete tonight at 8 p.m., I believe. 8 o'clock tip, ESPN+. Plus. If you don't have this subscription, you need to go ahead and get it because East Carolina's <laughs> going to have a lot of games yeah. on ESPN+, Plus, and it's not very expensive, and you get a chance to see them. Yes. So the women will also open their conference play this afternoon at 4, also at SMU. So Pirates are down in Dallas, Texas. They are 2-3. and three. They have wins over... VCU and Virginia, so we're looking for a third win to even up that record. Yeah, and it's important for the ladies to get off to a good start in conference play as well because, you know, uh, this is a team that you know, they, they, they pretty much got a hand to them against Duke, but they played pretty well in, in most of the games. And uh, the VCU game was, was really fun to watch right. because VCU probably – 
if, if if there were you know odds put on a game, I would say BCU would probably favor to beat the East Carolina women, and the ladies came up with a victory. Right. So looking over at the triangle, Jason, you're pretty familiar with yeah. these guys <laughs> over here. UNC um, number twenty two this week four and two played Saturday against NC Central won seventy three to sixty seven. Now. Central only trailed by two points at the half, 30 to 28. It was kind of back and forth, but um, Roy Williams really pushed that, his team in the second half for them to come out with the win. How have you seen, um, I guess, Carolina grow over the years that you have covered them? It's interesting because um, when they had the really bad year last year, mm -hmm. everybody kind of thought, well, that might be the, uh, not so much to the, the beginning of the end, but a kind of a sign of things changing sure. and such. And so, uh, you know, Roy Williams, as Coach Krzyzewski and such have always done, they go out and get a big recruiting class, try to, you know, rebuild and reload and such. And I think they've done it to a degree. I mean, they've had a couple of hiccups and such. Mm -hmm. I mean, NC Central went to the NCAA tournament, went two years ago. And so Lavelle Moten's got a really uh, good program there. He's done a very good job as far as uh, keeping that program um, successful and competitive and such. And so I don't know it was a, a really big surprise that they went out there and, and play like they did. But uh, North Carolina, I think, is, you know, they're going to have their ups and downs. I don't think they're going to be a powerhouse team like maybe some people think they will be in the ACC. But um, sure. I certainly think they can be a little bit more uh, competitive than maybe some people believe. Like Brian was saying earlier, you know, uh, Duke gets 10, 12, 14 points uh -huh. just in the crowd, and it's not there. And I think it's it's impacting a lot of teams because, you know, we just saw Clemson get to the top 25, and they go to Virginia Tech and get beat. Probably a game they should have won. You're seeing Georgia Tech, you know, they beat uh, Kentucky. You know, yeah. I mean, you're seeing yeah. <laughs> all different variances and such. Uh -huh. And so um, North Carolina is in that mix, too. You haven't really quite figured them out. You kind of got an idea of what to expect as far as the pieces they have. You know, the former South Central uh -huh. uh, star, Daywan Sharp yeah. and such. You know, they, like I said, had a great recruiting class. But I think you're still trying to feel them out. And so when Coach K uh, at Duke said that they were going to cancel the rest of their non-conference games, that sort of fell into the mix of still not being mm -hmm. able to figure teams out. And, you know, Duke plays Notre Dame tonight. We'll see how they do. But uh, North Carolina is – is I think they'll be good. I think they'll be certainly better than they were last year. But this whole coronavirus thing is still made to where we can't quite figure out what all these teams are going to do yet. All right. Yeah, so also in the first – for the first time in a long time, East Carolina – has a better record than UNC, Duke, and <laughs> NC State. It was a joke on Facebook. Someone <laughs> said we need to cancel the season because yeah. <laughs> UC has a better record and such. And the Coach K like was saying it. that too. But it, it's fascinating. It just kind of shows you how uh, unique the, the season has been. And it compliments the East Carolina to get five games in because, you know, they've had some reschedules and cancellations and such. And just mm -hmm. to get this far to where they can, you know, maybe uh, build upon this, you know, with the game tonight, that's a big kudos to them. Yes, so UNC's back in action at home on Saturday to play Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic. Um, speaking of cancellations, NC State, the Wolfpack have had, they've struggled this year with their game schedule. The last time they played was back on, I believe it was December 3rd, against UMass Lowell. Um, they are scheduled to play tomorrow, Thursday at St. Louis, but you never know. You know, with all these <laughs> schedules, I mean, the Pirates are scheduled to play tonight against SMU yeah. at 8 o'clock. And, you know, we don't know if that's going to take place. <laughs> because it's funny so. because the, the uh, Pirates were in um, Texas for the conference tournament last year when they found out. They, they had gone through their walkthrough and had found out that the conference tournament had been canceled and had oh, to come right. back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, so they're going back to the Lone Star State for their conference opener tonight. So I have a question for you. I'm not sure if you can answer this. Does ECU take a private plane down there or are they taking public flights? They – we talked about that at lunch today uh, – their plan during midweek games, especially in conference play, was to charter. But 
the problem with that now is with budgets being slashed uh-huh. and with the student athletes not in school right now. Uh, so I, I know this week they, they went on a, um, went on a normal flight and if I think they flew with the lady, I think cause they're both, you know, in Dallas. So I think the whole group sure. is flying together on a commercial flight, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big difference. It is, especially with everything going on with COVID. I remember we flew out to, um, when I was in college, we flew out to Colorado and just seeing a whole team on there was a little overwhelming for other just bystanders just to be like, okay, there's a team on here. These rowdy <laughs> girls are ready to go. But with COVID-19, I would be a little bit hesitant just getting on a flight. Well, this has been a long time ago before COVID, but when I flew back from Hawaii, from the Hawaii Bowl in 07, uh, I flew back with the Tulane basketball team. They were over in Hawaii yeah, see, playing it's fun. in the tournament. Yeah, if you like fun? sports, it's fun. There were guys, <laughs> there were guys 6'10", 6'11", you know, I was going to oh, say 6'12", 7 foot tall, <laughs> laying all over the plane. I mean, I am seriously had a guy's, you know, Nikes, you know, hit my face because he was laying out. They were Actually, laying you know, all over the place. I've never considered the height of basketball players oh, yeah. sitting in those small oh, That's crazy. Yeah, those guys were all like like spiders. I feel tiny in there, the and I'm only 5'6", yeah. so I can't imagine what. Yeah. <laughs> all right, turning to Duke, 2-2. Uh, two and two. They're um, ranked 21st this week, one up from UNC. Um, coming off most recent loss at Illinois, 83-68. to 68. Um, This past Saturday's game was canceled against Charleston Southern, but they will open conference play this evening at 9 p.m. against Notre Dame. So, and their best player, or, or maybe the best player, is out yeah. with an injury. Okay. They're freshmen, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And they're they're still favored to beat Notre Dame in that game, but uh, that's a battle of Mike Bray against uh, Coach Chishevsky, and they they go way back. I always struggle with his name. I only put Coach K if I'm doing a live <laughs> broadcast. Oh, really? I just you look at it, and I'm like, oh gosh. Try to pronounce that guy's name from the Bucks, and they just signed a long-term contract. I can't even pronounce his name. The, the NBA player. Tukupo. Oh my gracious! That's Giannis a terrible name. Now, Ken Watley can tell you this. When, when a couple of years ago, when he started really, you know, doing well, and he had a, it seemed like he had a highlight every night, a, a nightlight or something. <laughs> I literally had to write it out in, in syllables. Anta Takumpo, and I'm still not sure <laughs> that it sounds right, but but different people say it in different ways. How so about um, Tua? Tungalivoa? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Tungalivoa, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it still. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of football, let's turn it to the top 25. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson in your top four right now. Cincinnati not too far behind at number six. What do you guys think of this top four group? Do you think we'll see any sort of changes? Well, Cincinnati's fallen as far as the um, – the college football playoff projections and, and the Americans all upset about that. And Mike Oresco and, and everybody else, because Cincinnati is, is, I think they're now behind Iowa state and Iowa state has two or three losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. they have multiple losses and, and you know, the Americans really upset because the Americans push them for this power six narrative, which, and, and really if you, if there were six, mm-hmm. they would be a power six. There's only a power five, but the next, you know, best conference after that is the American, and some would argue, myself included, that the Pac-12 should should be kicked out of the Power <laughs> Five because you know they've struggled so much, and the Americans done so well. You know, it's until they go to an eight-team playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cincinnati's of the world are always going to. You know, UCF should have been in the playoff that one year when they when they claimed the national championship, but they should have been in the play. They should have been given a shot. They're undefeated. They ran through their schedule. You know, Cincinnati. You know. Cincinnati is a little different because they couldn't play some of the non-conference games because of the COVID. So maybe 
you know, they may be on the outside looking in, but still they deserve, they don't deserve to be falling every right. week just because yeah. they're not playing a game because of COVID. Right. I mean, so they've, they've done a lot of things over there and, and it's just, you know, the Americans really upset and I don't blame them. And, and Tim Brando came out, if you saw this mm-hmm. or not, tweeted out that, that, you know, he's done, he'll never mention the college football playoff again yeah. because of what they're doing to, to the American and to Cincinnati. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's funny, the uh, athletic director at Southern Cal used to be athletic director at Cincinnati, and someone interviewed him and asked him, why is it that Ohio State should get the chance to play yeah. for a possible national championship when USC doesn't? You know, it's kind of in the same scenario, and he had, he had a really tough time trying to explain that. But you're right, I was going to mention Tim Brando and that yeah. whole process. It comes up every couple of years mm-hmm. where, you know, they were really clamoring about uh, getting a national championship because you had uh, teams that were mythical national champions before the college football playoff, and now it seems like four isn't enough. We do need maybe got, I don't know. I don't know see what the fight is for eight. I mean, mm-hmm. you're adding one game, and you, you know, for, for for a team, obviously you're having you know the four games as far as the quarterfinals would be concerned. But but you know, people would love it. people would love mm-hmm. to, to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so I just think that it's got to it's got to happen, and that's the only way to, to put everybody on equal playing you know, an equal playing field and. Yeah, and the Americans have been lucky that they've been able to make a TV deal where you know they don't make as much money as the Power Five, but they make more money than anybody else in the Group of Five. Right. So, so Pac-12 this week had some news. The, um, Washington pulled out of the conference championship game and was replaced by Oregon because of COVID-19. Did you guys hear about that at all? Yeah, and that's that's what the the world we live in that's right now. Teams crazy. Are, <laughs> teams are not going to bowl games because of COVID. You know, and I, I joked about this with Mike Houston. I said, you know, if there's any year you don't want to go to a bowl game, it's it's this year. Because, right. you know, bowl games are about, you know, teams getting together, you know, two teams come to a site, two teams, they have dinners for the two teams, and they have, you know, activities for the two teams, and they have, you know, different different things like that. Then the, the crowd comes in, the fans from both schools come in. None of that can happen. Mm-hmm. So if you basically if you go to a bowl game, you're going to be in a hotel for three or four days practicing one time, you know, a day and all the expense that goes in it, you know, feeding the players and doing everything else and you're not getting anything back in return. So I, it's just, I can see why, you know, I think some more bowl games will probably be canceled before the thing's yeah. over with. And it's, it's unfortunate, but till we get through this thing. Have you ever seen any bowl games be canceled in your career as a sports Not start? Not when it comes this late in the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, late. bowl games, you know, come and go, and one year they'll they'll say, okay, you know, we're, right. this game's you know, got some off, funky names lost for our some sponsorship. Of them. And, <laughs> yeah, they canceled the pinstripe bowl like maybe a month or so ago, but that was just right. kind of the thing that kind of led one to the next to the next. Yeah. So. Hopefully, not too many more. I do want to run through quickly um, our North Carolina schools for football. UNC um, finished their regular season eight and three with a big win over Miami over the weekend. Miami was previously ranked number ten. They dropped to nineteen in the AP polls this week. And Carolina goes to the Orange Bowl if Notre Dame and Clemson end up in the college football playoffs. So that's yes. really big for North Carolina. They've had a heck of a year. Mac Brown has done, you know, just a miraculous job. <laughs> and they had a big day of signings today. I mean, uh-huh. they had, I believe I read somewhere it was 11 of the 19 top recruits in North Carolina all signed with North Carolina. I think it was 11 of 19. Yeah, he's done a real aggressive job to try to hit North Carolina. I think he has kind of made a name for himself by being able to get, you know, athletes from around the country. But, uh, you know, you've got the schools like NC State. East Carolina has always been pushing hard to mm-hmm. get the NC State sure. talent, and I think he's kind of realized you've got to get your foothold back into that area, yeah. and he's done a good job of that. Do you know how that compares to ECU's um, 
signees today? ECU signed four from North Carolina, four. and I'm not sure how many of those four were in the top 19. Okay. But I do know they signed four of their, what they say, 16 or 17? 16. 16. 16 signings. And they've got five uh, still to play with as far as sure. scholarships go. And they may have more, you know. Uh, Coach Houston wasn't asked. I didn't ask a question on the press conference today because I wasn't quite sure how the microphone mute button worked <laughs> on that because it wasn't Zoom this time. It was something different. And I kept looking at You'd it. You'd ask a and, question and I hear an answer and be like, <laughs> And one of the reporters, one of the reporters, I won't say his name, but he kept he kept going on and then he would leave his mic on. So then ECU football had to mute, mute him again. And it uh. popped up like four times. They, <laughs> oh, goodness. They muted it. I haven't used the Google one yet. Yeah, I haven't. I hadn't even heard of the Google one until it came out today. And then, then it looked like Coach Houston was in his living room. But he was in the virtual living room that they they did all the. Uh, oh, the that's cool. Garrett Blackwalter's suite over at Town Bank Tower, I believe, is what, what he was located, and they, they in set the it living up. Room. Yeah, they <laughs> set it up like a living room to have virtual that's visits comfy. with parents. And recruiting was a lot different this year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so David Cutcliffe and the Duke Blue Devils wrapped up Saturday two and nine. Um, with their most recent loss to Florida State, 56-35. to 35. So not the best season they were probably hoping, but, I mean. And one of the quarterbacks yeah. is already getting into the uh, the transfer the portal, portal, so he's yeah. leaving. So yeah. uh, that's become a big mess there for some reason, and they mm-hmm. were really seemed like they were going in the right direction. And just I don't know if it's the COVID thing or just you know injuries and stuff that he's talked about all year, but they've really taken a nosedive for some reason. Mm-hmm. So Wake Forest, on the other hand, um, four and four, lost Saturday to Louisville, forty-five to twenty-one. They're not finished yet. They have one more game on Saturday at home against Florida State in Winston-Salem. Yeah, and I think a lot of these coaches are kind of looking at this thing as let's let's, let's get out safely yeah. type thing. I think that's how East Carolina felt. You know, they they saved their best for last in beating SMU like they did, sure. and then uh, I th- I think after it was over with, I mean. You can almost see on some of the coaches' faces how much they're looking forward to the next year yeah. because they think spring spring football won't be totally normal, mm-hmm. but it'll be getting closer to normal, and they're really hoping by the time we get to August that we're selling season tickets and that we're making plans for big crowds, and mm-hmm. and you know we can only hope. But that's uh, you, you can almost see some of the relief because that's that's you kind of you think about a college football team this this year they've had to test three times a week. And, and poor you know, noses I mean, getting yeah, picked get, in you know, the brain. <laughs> get false positives and can't yeah. play, like holding nailers the and stuff. The biggest Q-tip in the history of mankind. They jam <laughs> up your nose, and I mean, it's just been it's been crazy. And just yeah, you know, you got you got false positives, and you got contact tracing to go along with the false mm-hmm. positives. And I will never take a sporting event for granted again. <laughs> I, I never took them for granted before because somebody said you, you took all your stuff for granted. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I loved my job. I loved what I was doing. But I, I'll never forget those dark days. In, You're never going to retire March now. and April. I mean, that, that was that was dark. I'm telling you. I, I get emotional thinking about it because I'm telling you, not only was it the job, but it was the things that you enjoy in life. And yeah. there was none of that. It's like it was all taken away. I got sick of being at home. I got sick of watching stupid movies that everybody would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why who recommended this? What's the plot? Then I'd I take a nap and wonder why I missed something. <laughs> We need a mini documentary of Bailey's life in a quarantine. Oh, good, yeah. it was awful. Dark days. <laughs> the man cave. And... It was a cave. It was dark. <laughs> um, so ECU football, like we mentioned, ended their season three and six with their most recent win over SMU. We got some postseason accolades this week. Um, Raji Harris named AAC Rookie of the Year. First time 
and first team all conference selection, which I think is a huge deal for ECU in its entirety. And I was kind of surprised at that. I, I thought Roger had a great year. I think he, he wasn't as good late in the year as he was early right. in the year, but Keaton Mitchell rose up and he was really a good running back. He didn't get mentioned or anything. Obviously he didn't have the, the stats, but uh, the, the running back from SMU had, had really, really good stats. And, and it was kind of one of those honors that they shared. They, they named them both rookies of the year. Uh, Rajay on the first team uh, all-conference, which is really a big deal. Tyler Sneed should have been on the first right. team, at least either as team. a returner or as a wide receiver. He was a second team on, on both of those. Sure. But uh, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. By, um, Xavier Tyler Smith Sneed. should have been on a second team at least yeah. at linebacker. So and Bruce Bivens may have, may have deserved it. He had a really good year right. at linebacker. So those of you listening who don't know, Jaquan McMillan and Tyler Sneed um, received second team all-conference accolades, and then linebacker Xavier Smith received honorable mention. Yeah. So. And Mike Houston talked about recruiting. He got one running back, I think is from Phoenix City, Alabama, that was a three-star athlete. He likes his running backs, and that's certainly an mm-hmm. indication there from the, the, the job that was done this year. But uh, it seems like that's becoming a more stable area, and you're used to seeing East Carolina throw it 60 times and stuff like that, and now it's becoming a little bit more of a balanced attack. And certainly you know, what Davis did this year was a, a good indication of that. Also, Coach Houston mentioned that Jeremy Lewis is moving back to defense, which he was a stud, a stud, a stand standout stud at South Central on the defensive side of the football. And when he went to East Carolina as a tight end, I just didn't understand why, you know, why that was happening. One of the reasons it was happening because the Pirates didn't have any tight ends mm-hmm. and he's a great athlete, mm-hmm. but they're going to move him back over to the, uh, to that good side. News. So I good think that's news. good news for the defense. So I thought this was pretty cool. Harris was, um, Roger Harris was the first ECU true freshman to be named a first teamer since Travis Williams in 2004. Yeah, been a long time. Quite a long time. Also, um, kicker Jake Verity has entered the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah. Jake Verity's a good one. He, uh, the all-time leading scorer in East Carolina Pirate football history, and uh, he didn't have the best of years this year. Mm-hmm. Had a much better year last year, but really, you know, he's he, he's just a you know he's got a big leg, and I hope he makes it. <laughs> All right. Anything else for ACU? Uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see somebody like him to be able to go to the NFL because yeah. uh, East Carolina has had a couple of kickers that have gone to the next level. And that's, uh, I won't say it's a, a niche position, but it's kind of tough to break in there because you've got guys like Adam Venterio, 69 years old, oh, that yeah. are still kicking. And so if he can get his foot literally in the, the door, uh, he'll, you know, you would think be around for a long time because it seems sure. like kicking – Kickers and kicking is a position that, you know, is always in high demand, and you can certainly find a job if you're good enough. So we do wish him the best of luck. My one last final note I want to touch on, um, Panthers, 4-9 this season, recently lost Sunday to the Denver Broncos, 32-27. to They were down 13-7 to at half. Did you catch that game at all? I saw a little bit of it, yeah. It's one of those things. Matt Rule's going to do a good job with the Panthers. You know, they got off to that slow start. Then they right. won. What, they won three in a row? Three in a row. You know, mm-hmm. They lost two, won three. And they were talking playoffs. And then, yeah. you know, they've kind of hit a, a rough patch. Slump, but, yeah. you know, they, they drafted all defense last year. And they need some they need some quality players on offense. And they have some. But Christian McCaffrey's been hurt most of the yes. year. And that's really hurt them offensively. So I think that you know we're going to see some of that uh in the draft. I think you'll see you'll see a team like the Panthers go all offense and you'll see a team like the Cowboys that will go all defense. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because, like you said, they drafted all defense last year. And, you know, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who was such a uh, demanding and, and complete player last year, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to play again this week, uh, is what the CBS right. affiliate and then, uh, Charlotte was saying, because he's just got those lingering injuries. And Matt Rule said he's not going to uh, rule out Bridgewater. He still has confidence in sure. him and stuff. But you got to think they're going to try to get a, a, another quarterback. Although I like the kid from the XFL that played the, the one week yeah. where he was out. You know, I like to think that he can maybe do something in the future. But yeah, they, they've Definitely got some offensive questions that uh, weren't there last year that are certainly there now, and it just kind of uh, you know makes for a, a very difficult situation in the offseason for them. All right, this week the guys will head up to Lambeau Field and play the Green Bay Packers. That's that an easy assignment. Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Saturday game, nonetheless. You've got NFL on every night. Every day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that will do it for our WNCT Nine Year Side Sports Talk. You guys have anything else? One final thing I want to say for those of you that don't know Jason, but I'm telling you, WNCT (laughs) got a great free agent signing. Best hire of the century. He may be the best hire since I've been here. He's a lot better hire than I was when I was coming here in 1984. And I'll tell you this, when when we have somebody new coming in in sports, Mm -hmm. you know, you, Nolan, you know, before that, some of the guys that came through, I mean, love you all, but it's like. Here we go. (laughs) No, but when you go to a new place, you you know, you don't know all the little things. We have anchors that come in and and call it Eastern Carolina, which drives people crazy. I have to feel phone call after phone call. That's just because people don't know. And, and they don't, you know, they see East and they think it can be East or East. And well, that's not yeah. the case. It's got to be East. But when you have, you know, young sports reporters coming through, so I'm back checking this, checking this, checking this. And Jason, Jason checks me. <laughs> I mean, I've been here 36 years now. But seriously, you don't have to check anything. He's got it all down pat. Does a great job, not only with the news side, but with the right. sports side. And just having all that, you know, for our website. I mean, we're, I mean, we're blessed. I mean, this is this is a great signing, and I hope you retire here. I hope <laughs> I never retire, and I hope you get a chance to retire here. Well, thanks for that. And was it a twenty I was supposed to give you, or a fifty? No, I, <laughs> Where's my money? I need to give you some fifty. That's the truth. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining our podcast. We really appreciate it having you on here to hear some of your aspect of the job life and, you know. I think we should make him a regular part. I think so, too. Make him come in here (laughs) on Wednesdays and do some podcasts. We could have a reoccurring, yeah. Yeah, We'll see. You got to tune in and find out. (laughs) All right. That will do it for our WNCT Down Your Side podcast. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell alongside Brian Bailey, Jason Boyd. Thanks for listening.